Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The new Star Wars movie released, and seemingly, most people I follow had tickets to see it. This is a wild, pop-cultural energy around Star Wars that sweeps everyone up into it. I think, like, even if you're not super into it, it's the new Star Wars, come on! The interesting thing I noticed was that many of the people coming back from The Last Jedi were serving up their immediate take on its quality. Some people simply expressed a feeling after seeing it, some ranked its spot in the trilogy right away, and I even saw some people scoring it down to decimal points. All of this just hours after seeing it. For the record, I think describing what you feel after watching something is appropriate. I feel that the importance to be out there sharing your thoughts on the internet at the same time as everyone else may have won out on the importance of letting things sit with you before making a judgment. The energy of the internet after a piece of media has dropped can also affect people's takes. If I see a lot of people hating on a thing, I'm more likely to focus on the positive aspects and vice versa. That happens no matter what my actual take was going to be. That is from Too Mellow, a Waypoint forum mod, a, a beloved forum mod, I think uh, it's safe to say, uh, in a forum thread about you know, sort of the idea of spoilers and sort of leaking out your hot takes and being right there, right in the moment, uh, related to FOMO. Uh, in large cultural issues on our own Waypoint forums. I, of course, am Danielle Riendo. This is Waypoint Radio, episode 121. And joining me today are Austin Walker. That's me. That's me, Austin Walker. <laughs> Sorry, I was busy. I was thinking you're about busy, how... You're busy going 90 miles an hour down a freeway. I'm it's true. Uh, shrieking, shrieking <laughs> out. It's just a shtick. Um, the, <laughs> the thing I was just thinking was... Any other year, FOMO might be the word of the year. Uh, but boy, yep. 2017 would not let us have such a mundane bullshit thing. So <laughs> as our as our centerpiece. Uh, that's, yeah. that's true. And that also, also not 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 feeling 2017 here is uh, Patrick Klepek. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, 20. It's here's what I think about 2017 is that yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's bad. But yep. But. The weird contrast is like it's also been like probably like the best year of my life. Like, yeah, like 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 raising uh, uh, my my daughter has been yeah. brought me a, a, a unmeasurable joy. But it's like so it's always weird because like uh, sort of like <laughs> public me. Twenty seventeen is fucking shit. We're all the <laughs> hell in a handbasket. Like it's all over. Twenty eighteen is gonna be even worse. Like private me. Like I'm having a great time. Yeah. In <laughs> Yeah, I've been there. I like I, I I mean so I was just I was just dragging Taylor Swift on the internet uh yeah. like like I do <laughs> uh because she made a fucking Twitter post that was just like not a Twitter post, a uh I think it was an Instagram post that was just like 2017 has been so good. Thank you all. And and it was like, oh. you know, I, it was a little snarky of me to, to be like really 2017 was so dope. Yeah, really you really love 2017 <laughs> so much. Um, uh, and, and I don't, I, I, the point isn't like you can't have a good year when the world is on fire, but like, I literally have been writing that piece every, 
every Christmas or every like holiday <laughs> season for the last three years, which is like yeah. the first, um, you know, I, if I go back to before I was at Giant Bomb, I wrote like a, a an end of year wrap up thing just on my blog about how I'd had this incredible year where like actually it was the first year that I was invited to do a guest, a guest piece at uh, at Giant Bomb, a guest uh, top 10 list at, at Giant Bomb. And I, and I was like, Wow, it's been a really cool year for me, but also it's been 2014. So it's been Gamergate. It's been it's been Black Lives Black Lives Matter. It's been you know the, the yes. deaths of, of, of so many uh, innocent black men. Uh, it's been you know people marching in the streets, and my year has been great. And then the next year was 2015, and again it was like this year has been kind of shitty. But I got a job at Giant Bomb. I've had a really cool year. And then the next year was last year, and oh, it was God. like well, I launched a website. But the world is, but Donald Trump just got elected. Oh, uh, and so yeah. again, like it's, it's such a weird balance of, of like, you need to, you, I, I'm totally like, I, you have a good year. You have a good year. You love the people you're around. You love the work you've been able to do. But I, I'm a big believer in like it being a sign of empathy and goodness that you're able to, to contextualize your good year in, in some, in the, the broader year. Um, that you that the rest of the world has had, uh, especially the rest of the world in your space. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. it's it's one of those. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely true. Until October, that was I was definitely having one of the best years of my life. Then October happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's been awful since then. But like, hey, at least uh, at least some of the the worst parts of that are, are beginning to clear up a little. So mm-hmm. that's. You know, I don't know. Totally. Whatever. I'm trying totally. to be positive, I suppose. But I, I guess, uh, in in the uh, honor of what we're, of what our topic is today, in the honor of Too Mellow, again beloved <laughs> forum mod Too Mellow, um, I also saw Star Wars last night, and I uh, sort of immediately, I tried to <laughs> be less me about it uh, for once in my life. I only tweeted like, "I'm about to see Star Wars," and then I saw Star Wars, uh-huh. the Last Jedi, at uh, you know. At opening night in Union Square, it tends to be a, a, a fun time. I've done this for the last three years now. And then I, I just tweeted, like, I saw the Star Wars. I liked it. You know, I, I just did, I tried to keep it li- I tried to keep it light. I did an mm-hmm. open thread this morning that was pretty spoiler-free, uh, just about my thoughts about the movie, which I will not go into because that's not the point today. The point today is talking about this phenomenon, <laughs> not just how I felt about a thing. But uh, I, I just want to say that to start out because I feel this a lot and I think we all do especially as you know entertainment journalists who watch something or play something and there is a pressure I think ingrained in us uh from you know writing about games uh to (laughs) be first or or to be quick to be you know within the movement within the within the movement sounds a little weird I guess uh but you know you want to be there you want to be there to experience the zeitgeist you want to be there with your thoughts with your you know collected thoughts out there uh, while it's still fresh or even you might even want to be first sometimes uh, because <laughs> why sometimes like, that's what how is, it I, I am curious like uh, not that I've never been that way but I'm curious for for both of you is there that that like I want to be out there immediately and also what is the motivating factor there just as a game reviewer I think I was always kind of taught to be like yep embargo you're out there right. you know like obviously that was not uh, where I worked uh, previously as a game reviewer it was not the number one concern to be first by any means but it was definitely if you can you should uh, so I, I think that mentality has had something to do with it I don't know Patrick do you also have this did you have that mentality 
I just like being part of the conversation. Like, I just like reading people's thoughts as, like, the thoughts are being yeah. developed. Like, yeah. it is literally, yeah. like, uh, like, I like to see the things that other people are talking about because I like to have conversations about things that I'm interested in. Like, that sounds, like, really basic, but, like, that is largely my motivating factor for seeing things or playing things as, like, friends or, or a larger societies having the conversation because, uh, like, working through I like working through my feelings on something while other people are working through their feelings and it's different to do that once like people have settled or they've started to forget things or like the the, the, the tape tape machines have revved up Um, right like yeah like uh uh, like you know, I, I'm not gonna be able to see the Last Jedi until Tuesday because I have some family in town this weekend, and we're you know I can't just like take a Sunday afternoon and well I'll just she my Peace, daughter's everybody. my daughter's gonna t- my daughter's gonna take a nap. I've got a camera on her, so we'll just look at the camera while we're at Last Jedi. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> She's the I, Last Jedi. That's what it is. You got to have no spoilers. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, oh man. Okay. Uh, and and so like that's actually been one of the the, the most frustrating thing about being uh, a parent and like the the time that I I lose uh, being able to go see the things that I like is like I've it's less that it, the fear of missing out is not that I didn't see the thing right or play the thing it's yeah. that I like being part of the conversation about the thing that I'm interested in right and and what's so cool about the discussion that happens these days is like I have that with my friends. I have that on forums. I have it on Twitter. Like, I have it in so many places. And, like, just people, by the very nature of, like, when there is distance from something, there's they people have moved on to the next thing. Like, th- there are, and also, there are very few in our fragmented media culture. Um, and our, and, and the, the acceleration of, of, of news these days, like, the, the way things uh, occur. Like, it is, there are very few moments in society these days where we all do a thing together. And, and like, The Last Jedi is, like, one of those things where, like, by and large, most people are going to go see that movie. And so, like, it's cool for it to be a thing that I can talk about with almost everyone and, like, work through how I feel about it. Because there are just – that's just not the case. Like, oh, I'm only four episodes into Stranger Things. Oh, like, I've, you know what I mean? Like, it's just everything's so fragmented in a way that is good yeah. for uh, uh, watching things at your own pace. Like, it, it, is, it is a net gain uh, in a lot of other ways. But I like having those conversations. I'm the person that likes reading episode recaps of things and then like reading the forum threads about it. So that that is the the long version of like I like to watch and experience these things because I like to I like just part of that conversation. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a fun spectator sport too. There's an totally. aspect of this that is as fun as the you kind of what you're saying as the media itself, but like treating it like a sport in some ways. Like yeah, that part I, is, is, is fun in its way too. That part can be exhausting. I was just like the take factory and the back and forth and the like seeing camps drawn up, which is like also part <laughs> yeah. of what, part of what put me off sports for a little while uh, was that was definitely like that sort of like, Oh, stop being like, like I don't, there was a point at which I stopped seeing the fun in the, the rivalry I got. I got why I didn't like the Dallas Cowboys. I understood that. <laughs> but I didn't yeah. know why I would, was supposed to get so worked up about, like, the Eagles going against, let's say, the Bears, right? Which is like, yeah, like, I, mm, ah, like, yeah, I hope we win. I hope my team wins. <laughs> but, like, I'm not here to, like, cheer. I, yeah, whatever. And so, so some of that also comes up in social media around, uh, fandom and around like big events like this and I, I haven't really enjoyed that part of it okay here's actually the thing I think I've said this okay. before I used to be really bad like I used to just be an asshole who got a lot of joy in putting motherfuckers in the ground um, and like oh, yeah. <laughs> and like out arguing you and telling you why you were wrong 
and winning. I am uh, and winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I extremely got over that and became a person people wanted to be around, um, and figured out how to use the kind of critical muscles to do something other than winning. Um, and it turns out I got way more joy out of that. Uh, and weirdly, I think like I can actually track like Danielle. You were saying that as a reviewer, you were always you kind of had it instilled in you that you wanted to be out there on the day when people were talking about things. Yeah. And I definitely had a similar arc, which was like as a freelancer, <laughs> you have <laughs> no control over when your shit goes live at all. And so there were plenty of times when I was like, submitted my article, I can't wait for people to see this hot take I have on Watchdogs or whatever, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then the answer was often they don't get to see it for uh, three days, five days. Because, you know, again, I was writing for, for outlets often that, like, would have only they only run a couple of stories a day. I was writing for Paste. I was, I was you know, or I was writing for GameSpot. And so they were focusing on one review every day or something. So, sorry, Austin, your Grow Home review is going to get pushed by a day. And I'm sitting there like, but mother, people have to know about Grow Home. Everyone <laughs> needs to know. It came out two days ago. We're going to miss the, the window when anyone gives a fuck about Grow Home. Uh, and, and that was about, like, I want to win the conversation by having my take be the take. And then I, I, you know, was actually, you know, in a full-time position at Giant Bomb. And so then it did become, like, it's not just it's not just about winning the conversation. It's about knowing that the audience will not care as much and will not, like, it's not just about clicking through. They literally won't appreciate anything as much because their attention is now in some other space, uh, you know, three, four, five days after something came out. Like, people who would otherwise really enjoy a piece early on won't tune in. And, and that was like the last you know year and a half of my life and then now i think i found it i think i found my 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 uh the, the right way forward for me which is the reason i get fomo the reason i want to rush to see things and play things and write about things is because i so rarely get to, to use those critical muscles at this point that most <laughs> of my job is like meetings and thinking about freelance budgets and thinking about the end of year scheduling and talking about you know future tent poles uh and shit in 20 like joel and i are waypoints publisher are already talking about like mid-year events for 2018 for waypoint <laughs> and so one of the nice things about having something like a star wars come out and giving myself the time to go see it and try to think of a take is just i want to i want to it, it gives me the energy and the room to where i'm allowing myself to have those conversations so patrick it ends up being all like you which is like i like the process of figuring out where i'm at and there's nothing in the world for me like sitting down to write 1500 words 2000 words on something to help me figure out my 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 feelings and it's just like the thing i like the most in the world is is that so um, that is definitely where I'm at with Star Wars right now, but also where I was at with with some major games all year because it was such a packed packed year. And it's it's interesting because uh, and we were talking uh, off uh, in our uh, Discord a little bit about like how this intersects with spoilers and stuff mm, like that because mm-hmm. it like yeah. has like a direct correlation of sort of like mingling in here like what you can and can't say and what the ground rules are, especially in an era where you know when a show premieres on netflix with 10 episodes like what does that mean you can and can't talk right, about right um, you just download all those immediately and then watch them on a night and then go on you know twitter the next day and be like i can't believe that happened and like fuck off I, like, it's been 12 hours how did you watch a 10 hour <laughs> show and develop a take so quick and i hate that like i miss uh like I think about some of my favorite shows. Like, like Lost is, uh, I don't think it's the best show of all time, but it's my favorite show of all time. Yeah, I think those fair. are, like, di- like different things. Yeah. And uh, if that show just, like, dumped its whole uh, 
like season like it wouldn't have been as fun of a show to watch like half the fun like a, a lot of the fun i derived from that show was like an episode comes out like i go on the message boards everyone is like fucking screen capping and like looking through and then like analyzing the preview for next week like part of that the fun of that was the the, the joy of the being deprived the ability to watch the next thing but i guess right, like the, right. the thing i was thinking about with spoilers was uh in the last uh a week or two ago i wrote about the appearance even here, I'm not going to be explicit about it. The appearance of a character in the new uh, Wolfenstein game. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out, as soon as I played that game, that moment, I wanted to write about that moment. And I was like, well, when is, when can I write about that? When, is, when does it make sense to write about that moment where it's like most effective for an audience that... Because uh, it's not just, is this game any good or not? It's like, let's talk about a, a specific moment late in the game that yeah. hopefully enough people at this point uh, have experienced to be interested in reading. But even after having done that, and I th- and felt like I waited the appropriate amount of time, it's like, well, how how do I sell people on reading this now? Right. Because yeah. I need to write a headline that appeals to people that will know what I'm talking about without writing a headline that spoils it for people that haven't gotten there yet. And so I'm right. Uh, so you end up writing something like vague and like slightly hyperbolic because it's like. Ah, motherfuckers! Like I can't exp- just tell you what this thing is. Like, there's, it, it, maybe someday in the the future, like we'll have spoiler text on everything. In the in like, I'd love that. I want, I wish I could write like alternative headlines that like here's what this story is actually about. Like, I'm not trying to write clickbait. I right. just can't tell you <laughs> that blank comes into this game and let's talk about blank. Right. Well, yeah. like, and and part of the thing that's tough there is, and I, I there's like we're in such a weird moment, I think, because we have cultural objects and 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 works like star wars the last jedi are from our perspective as people who write about stuff uh and talk about stuff they will generate attention people are interested in those stories and those takes in all the articles you could write there is an audience for that stuff and i again like i'm not even just talking about we need those clicks waypoint isn't like like a little peek behind the curtain we're not we're not like our our kpis our our metrics the things that people are tracking for like our did we have a good year is not about like baseline clicks like that's one of the things we think about but it's not the only thing um uh, but what I can say is, like, people, our audience is interested in those things. And so, same thing with like, when a big game like a Wolfenstein or a Mario comes out. Um, a Wolfenstein or a Mario, the two genres. Uh, <laughs> the, wolf, the Wolf Mar. Yeah, uh-huh. I got you. And the, um, the, you want to be able to, to tell those stories and do those deep dives. And often these things are are dense enough in a good way to allow you to do that to revisit it again and again i think we've run four or five pieces on wolfenstein at this at this point often in in conversation with each other often in disagreement with each other about some things and the works are dense enough to allow that but at the same time i think that there is so but by that what i mean is like i think there's an important place in the cultural conversation for spoiler filled works for for essays and articles for podcasts for for analysis that says listen heads up i'm gonna dive deep into that shit that happens in the third act i'm gonna talk openly about what rosebud is in citizen kane so they can get at something about about what's happening there um and i i I think that it's important for us to have a place for that 100 percent um and at the same time i spent years as a super broke uh grad student who was gate who not gate kept like i i mean like gate kept by capitalism from (laughs) many of these things right like from 
being to be able broke to go see is to be gatekept. It is. Yeah. It totally is. Yeah. Like and and like from being able to play a new game or from being able to at the same time like that was also gatekeeping from because that's where the audiences were and this is part of when I was a freelancer and a blogger also was like if I don't have that new thing I can't advance my personal career because I can't speak on it. Like I remember trading in five games so I could get Bioshock Infinite so that oh, I could God. then write about Bioshock Infinite. And then heads up, I wrote three essays about Bioshock Infinite, not because I was like so taken by Bioshock Infinite, but because I needed that $60 to turn that those that trade in value to turn into something that would exist on my on my blog and help push Austin Walker so that people would know who the fuck I was. Like you were so take <sighs> I was taken. Oh! The, the Taken King. That's me. Um, oh! You were yeah. infinitely so, taken. Yeah, really. exactly. So like that's yeah. the that's like the whole thing is like I, I I have so much sympathy for people who often say to us as as people who make stuff to read and listen to and watch on the internet like I hate being under this deluge of 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 takes and content about new stuff because I'm not going to get to explore the new stuff for for months for months. So one of the reasons why when we did the Wolfenstein 101 waypoint 101, I wanted to be very clear that that we did the the first half of Wolfenstein uh, or the the second half of our of our episode on Wolfenstein, the New Order was going to be very clearly delineated from the part of it on the New Colossus because I know there are lots of people who like won't be able to buy the New Colossus until it's 15 bucks on Steam. Um, yeah. And I think that, that tension is really hard, but also, and this is where I want to know what y'all think, is like the spoiler police, they, they are alive. Oh, boy. They are out there. And, oh, boy. And I'm... Oh, I hear them. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming I said for the, us. I said that Luke was in The Last Jedi, and now they're going to arrest me. Oh, no. And it's I, like I, a little drone that comes in. Well, I, I want to ask, too, like, because personally, I... I've always been of two minds with spoilers. Like, I, I often, often, uh, a spoiler will not completely impact my enjoyment. Like, I, mm-hmm. I was spoiled on the thing you were talking about earlier, Patrick, about uh, the new Colossus. And I still mm-hmm. found that incredible, you know, that moment that the thing that happened was still incredible and it still really worked for me. Um, and, I, and I know Rob and I actually have talked about this a lot on, on Idle Weekend at times about, like, the nature of spoilers and the nature of what you're going to a piece of work for. Are you going there to watch the characters develop? Are you going there to watch the story sort of unwrap itself and unfurl itself and look for those little details? Or are you, you know, are you going to be really enraptured by the story itself, by the plot itself? Like, are you more plot driven or are you more character driven? And I think that really is, and it's not a 100%, it's not a binary, it's not, you know... That's a spectrum, not a binary, of course. You can you can want both out of a piece of media. But I've always been of the mind that they don't matter as much, I think, to me as they do to other people. But I'm still very happy to be thoughtful about them. And, and thoughtful in the sense that, like, okay, I, there's almost like a weird consent thing there with spoilers. Mm. Like, you don't want to be spoiled. So it would be wrong for me to spoil you, that kind of thing, instead of, of like, oh, whatever, right. it doesn't matter, because well, it doesn't the, matter to me. You the know? thing I see that, ha- right, well, that's the thing, is, like, there is, sometimes I see that, like, the twisted version of the golden rule thing, right, which is like, right. oh, yeah. but I don't mind. I don't mind being spoiled, therefore, I'm not going to, to cover my own spoilers. And it, still it's still really mean to do that for somebody yeah, that means something to. It's just, yes. like, not that hard. That's actually what it comes <laughs> down to for me, with, like, being a decent person often is there are times when being a good person is is an ask is a lift it is it is hard to get out of bed and go and go like join the march and 
protest shitty stuff when it's snowy and cold out and you're at home and you have hot chocolate and like soup <laughs> and and you know you and your partner are like going to stay in and watch tv or whatever like that stuff is those it can be difficult to it can be really hard to be really good in the face of like actual oppression and tyranny <laughs> and like if you live in a country with with uh, you know a non-elected leader and you have to like literally put your life on the line to try to change change conditions or if you're working in an unsafe factory or like those things are legitimately hard to do it's not that hard to use use rot 13 to hide your spoilers on twitter (laughs) it's not it's not that hard to like it what it takes is for you for us to sit in a room called called hashtag hashtag headlines and us to come up with a better headline so that we're not spoilery in the headline but also are able to communicate it and it's tough in the like technical sense but it's not hard in the moral sense or the 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 like it's 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 not hard once you prioritize it and so i, I don't know we've been doing it we're trying to do a good job of walking that line um even though for me and this is a question you asked like i tend not to mind spoilers at all yeah. like i tend to let myself be spoiled on a thing like i haven't spoiled myself on last jedi because i think it fits into the it fits into the realm of those like handful of things where I know that part of the execution is about surprise. I know that Ryan Johnson is interested in surprising the audience, and so I'm curious about that aspect. But yeah. by and large, that isn't how the stories I consume work. They're about characterization. They're about um, they're about uh, a kind of execution on setting and place and 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 tone. And so I often like even being spoiled in certain certain instances, so that when I go into a story like that. I or a work like that. I'm already looking for all of those things. I'm looking for the things about like, oh, here's how this character. Like, I know that this that this twist is coming later, and look at how they're they're foreshadowing it here. That's really interesting. I'm like totally tuned in. But then when I watched Twin Peaks this year, like, I was so glad that didn't drop all at once. I was so glad, Patrick, to what you were saying. Like Lost, it was week to week. I got to block out an hour of my time every week to watch whatever shit was happening on my screen uh, and then and then like could go from that to thinking about what was going to happen next week because for that team like for for, for the crew behind that uh, I think that a big part of the execution was how can we surprise people how can we how can we tell the story over 18 hours instead of just like instead of just the characterization and stuff which was still good on its own but but yeah so that's my answer for you Daniel I I had this uh interesting moment with so uh on stream the last uh yesterday and today I finished up playing through uh Doki Doki Literature Club um which is a totally free visual novel that's available on Steam and some other places you don't have to pay anything for it which having played it now is fucking criminal just <laughs> just go change it to 5 bucks it's worth it it's fine uh, um it's uh and so uh, this game uh, opens with uh, uh, content warnings about like the the uh, uh, what's in the game. Um, a lot of the conversation around the game, um, it, it, you know, in in my streaming uh, and, and and other like ways where you read about the game is like, hey, like heads up, like this game includes like abuse and suicide and things right. like that. And I let me be clear, like I'm not disputing the merit or the usefulness of of thing of, of like content warnings and putting things for like that are going to possibly trigger people. That said, the premise of this game is uh, hinged on like the weird places it goes, and the if you didn't know that, knowing that the game is going to have certain themes, end up under, undercutting some of those themes for someone that was not affected by those themes and so i found like a really 
interesting moment to play a game where I was like, I, it's worthwhile for these things to be here for people that that is going to impact their ability or inability to enjoy or consume uh, this game and this experience. At the same time, it ended up foreshadowing like way too much about the game in a way that was like, ah, like, okay. Uh, and this is, comes from someone like myself who uh, I'm like not super sensitive to spoilers, but I avoid them almost at, at all costs because I prefer to just have as pure an experience as I can. That's just like sort of, it's the sort of the way I like to just experience pretty much all media that, uh, that I, I come into contact with. So I found like this really interesting moment with this game in particular where like, those moments that it's warning you about are not necessarily the the entire arc of the game. Like it goes to other places that are separated from um, right, what it's right, warning right. you about. But it was it was an interesting moment where like the content warning itself, because uh, those moments that it's talking about don't happen until much later, and uh, it's an otherwise sort of like banal visual novel for a long time before it starts going to some different places. Um, it was just interesting. Like, I, don't, I don't know if I have like yeah. definitive feelings on it one yeah, way or the well, other, but it was just it was a fascinating version of like a tangent of the conversation we're talking about. It's actually putting it into practice in certain ways that is very interesting. Like it's putting the actual like care of people over mm-hmm. the spoiler police in practice, which is kind of cool in a way, I think. But yeah, I think you know, I, I think haven't played like, it yet, so I think it's know. like you know, for me, it's. Um, it's interesting because uh, you know, there's lots of conversation around content warnings uh, in the world right now. Uh, there's lots of uh, New York Times editorials about about uh, how how uh, you know precious millennials are about oh, about okay. content yeah. warnings and their safe spaces. How precious college students uh, across the country are, and how they they don't want to be. Uh, about how how it's about avoiding difficult content. Uh, but as someone who who taught students and who often had to give content warnings for for uh, material that stuff often helps uh when you are being it depends on like what you're trying to use the the work how you're trying to approach the the work and like for me knowing that that stuff is there helps me enter it with the right mindset not only like not only because like I want to criticize or analyze something, and I want to like okay, this this game has has you know a, a content warning for suicide. That means I want to start thinking about mental health and 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 about depression and about ideation and stuff like that. But also simply because it means hey, am I in the mood right now? Can I can I actually devote? Is this hour the right hour for me to play through this 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 game or read this book or watch this show, where I'm going to be able to process it? And like have those bad feelings. Um, it is. It can be. It can be even better for me when I know I'm entering it in the right mood, in the right mode, in the right like zone. Like because otherwise, what can happen is something can fall flat for me because I'm like in a not in a place where I'm ready to be emotionally open or vulnerable. And instead, if I don't if I don't see something coming, the it can feel like it was just trying to shock me or something instead of like. Oh, this is actually digging into something in a way that I didn't anticipate it being able to do well. Um, it doesn't always work out that way, but but sometimes it does. Yeah, I have a couple of thoughts on this, but I think we should probably take a quick ad break, and uh, and then we'll be back. Sounds good. Just a moment. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, we're back. Hopefully that actually played the ad. That's, we'll see. Uh, that'd be we'll good. see. You know, sometimes you roll the dice when it, when you get to your ads <laughs> and your podcast. Sometimes you just roll the dice. A it's little true. Bit. That's fine. It's uh, we were talking s- about. Oh, yeah, go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was actually going to go to a whole new topic, but I'll I'll do that after. If you have more thoughts on on the content warning side of things, we can we can do that. Well, generally, uh, God, I I really am of of several minds to it. Uh, one thing specifically that I was thinking about recently. Um, and, and it and it goes right to your point about sort of being prepared for certain things. Uh-huh. The Wolfenstein intro really kind of got to me. It, it, it kind of shocked me a little right. bit. Uh, and it did not have any any sort of content warnings. And I remember Mafia 3 did. It, it started out with like, oh, this is a historical depiction. There are racial slurs, blah, blah, uh-huh. blah. And it, and it kind of you know, got you into a certain place to uh, think about certain things and be prepared for certain things. Which I think is 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 useful, and I'm thinking about games that did not use this sort of content warning, even though uh, it may have. You can make a case for doing the content warning, and you can also make a case for. You can make a case. I'm not going to make that case because I actually think that caring for people is much more important than shock. But uh, you could make the case for going there uh, and being shocking, which I think Wolfenstein did, and actually is one of the few cases in life that uh, pulls it off decently uh, because of kind of the point of the game and the way that all works obviously we've talked to wolfenstein to death but yeah. just thinking about that there's also a game called uh, diaries of the spaceport diaries of a spaceport janitor love uh, that, that game it was in my top i 10 love that year. game too yep. uh and i and i remember actually interviewing the devs at one point uh, at a previous job about whether they considered putting content warning in for gender dysphoria because a big oh, part of that yeah. game is actually having running out of the drug that's in your system that uh that you need to be the right gender, basically. But you're you're like a, an alien race that like yeah. that sort of you have to shift every shifts, few days, right? Exactly, yeah, and so you shift basically. genders uh, of like a dozen or something, um, uh, and and yeah, like that sneaks up on you the first time. You're like, whoa, everything is wrong. I'm moving weird. The world looks weird. Everything's blurry. Um, God, it's sort should, of like I should play motion that game blurred. Again. That yeah. game made me happy in a way I haven't been in 2017. So I well, that game that is game. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so what did they say when you asked them about that? I think they were kind of like, yeah, actually, we, you know, almost my bad. I mean, I, but not 100% because they also did want it to be something like, no, it's just a fact of the world. You're not going to get mm-hmm. sort of warned on it, that sort of thing. But they were they were definitely also, because a lot of the folks who worked on that uh, are, are, you know, people who are all over sort of the gender spectrum. Right. And they, they were like, no, we don't want to, we don't want to hurt people. Like, we don't want to cause right. harm with our game. I know? should note so they, the Steam page does now have mild content warning for gender dysphoria, catcalling, yes. poverty, and drug use. So they did so, end up putting that in. So that's, yeah, that's cool. Like, I, I, not the drug use part, like whatever, but <laughs> for gender dysphoria, right. I feel more. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think for me, it's like, yeah, like, Put the content warning on there. I'm already used to seeing content warnings on everything. Like TV shows open with content warnings often. Movies have ratings. I mean, like even games, even if they're if it's not like 
on most games that release on con- all games that release on consoles have gone through ESRB, and like I know what's going to be in a game because someone on Twitter will have will have shared the ESRB's weird paragraph about that game because oh, it will God. have some funny shit in it. <laughs> so like I don't know I, I I'm at the place where for those like I I they don't get in the way of what I think of as the sort of conversation that um that the sort of spoiler uh, phobia or whatever would get in the right. way of. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I agree. No one's, I agree no one's ever like, you can't talk about the gender dysphoria in Dyer spaceport janitor um, because the, there's, there, there was like the content warning wasn't there or something like that. You know what I mean? So I think it's a little bit different. Whereas people will say, don't talk about that because it's a spoiler. It's like, okay. Like, hmm. Um, yeah, there's also the effect of this. And this is also how I feel about spoilers and sorry to keep going back to a sports metaphor, but I had a conversation once with like my sister's boyfriend about really appreciating. I love watching old games and old fights and old, you know, like yeah, things yeah. from the eighties. I I love watching like old you, Tyson ESPN fights. Like, classic, love... just stuck on yes. your TV right now. Oh yep. my god, that I would watch that all day every you day. My dad should hang out because his whole like <laughs> he has like a basement that is like a converted basement with a like, big TV and stuff, and his whole wall is like DVDs and and videotapes, yes. and a lot of those videotapes are just old fights that have been taped off of oh you know God. hbo or showtime like can we hang out can, uh, we, you would, can i go you, to your house for listen your dad's my dad house? my dad has said that danielle is a superstar a billion <laughs> times to me so oh so yes yeah, so i think you would actually really enjoy watching old fights uh, with my dad i would i would seriously love that and i and i love that because of what i'm going to it for right i want to see mm-hmm. that technique i want to see that strategy i want to see these beautiful moves that people make even even like old basketball games i like sometimes i watch like old you know, 80s Celtics games or 90s Bulls games. And I'm just like, oh my God, look at, you know, this execution here. It's Mm -hmm. beautiful. I'm trying to understand the game and this is the best way to do it, I feel like. And I had this conversation with this boyfriend, my sister's boyfriend, who's just like, why why would you ever do that? You know who won. And I'm just like, ugh. But that's not why you're watching it. It's not why I'm watching, man. And, And I understand. You are also, when you're watching something in the moment, you are watching to see who wins. You are watching to watch something unfold in real time. And I get that too. I get the excitement of it. But there's something to be said for appreciating the execution of things on any level or, or appreciating from the craft of something separate info. from the plot itself or the cultural event of it sort of unfolding before you in mm-hmm. real time. Well, that actually goes to something I was going to ask when we came right back from the break. Which oh, yes. Was, sorry. <laughs> you, said, you said that it would be a roll of the dice if the ads uh, if the ad played. And I was, <laughs> that made me think about rolling dice and dice rolls yeah. and this larger thing that actually comes up sometimes when we talk about spoilers in games, which is I think every eight months – I see on a forum somewhere someone make the case that like, oh, you can't spoil a game because the gameplay is the thing that is the the actual thing that would be spoiled. That like, you can't really spoil Dark Souls because the reason I'm coming to Dark Souls is how it feels to swing a two-handed sword. And that's hmm. not spoilable through a review. Um, and I'm not agreeing with that take, but I think that it's interesting, especially when we think about games, and especially when we think about something like... Um, you know, uh, as, as there are more and more games with lots of procedural generation, with lots of um, uh, kind of uh, emerging, emergent storytelling, emergent narrative stuff, um, things like playing even something like XCOM, 
where the, a lot of the story is what you add to it or what you bring to it. And you go, oh, no, my soldier, you know, uh, you know, Adam, Adam, I was going to say Adam boys. Uh, okay. When Adam <laughs> boys, my favorite XCOM soldier, gets shot down by the alien chosen, like that's an important moment to me in my story. Uh, and so, like, that couldn't be spoiled for me in some way. And I'm curious if, if you think games have a different relationship with spoilers because of the ways in which they generate narrative through play. And not all games, but games could do that in some ways. It depends on the game, certainly. I, I, and I know that's, like, a pat answer, but yes, yeah. there, I think there is a very major qualitative difference between a game that is that has much more procedural elements and a game that, it, you know, there's a big difference between Spelunky and Uncharted, right? Even though mm-hmm. purportedly, thematically, they are similar in some ways. Uh, like, <laughs> what happens in an Uncharted game is a much more directed experience. It's a much more um, authored experience, I suppose, right, than what right. happens in your average, you know, session with Spelunky. I'm not, like, an expert like, in either of those games. Like, to, to be clear, I'm just saying sure, that sure, sure. it's very, very different. But I guess my, one of my questions is something like, let's talk about Uncharted 2, because it came out a long time ago. Sure. There is a train sequence in Uncharted 2. I think that I could describe, I could have that train sequence described to me beat for beat, and it still probably would have been an effective moment of spectacle. Yes. Um, and I don't know that that's, I, I'm curious if that would be true for me if Uncharted 2 had been a book and there had been a thrilling train sequence in that book, or if it had been a, a Michael Bay blockbuster. Um, I mean, maybe it would be. Maybe that's just like the, the nature of, of the high spectacle. The experience itself. The and feeling like maybe, of being on the ride as opposed right, to what right, happens. Right, yes, like, yes. Um, or, or maybe what this is actually <laughs> making me recognize, or not making me recognize, but this is another point on the, on the evidence pile, that <laughs> there is like a, a severe lack of diversity in game storytelling in terms of what games tell stories about. Like, game stories are often about train hijinks and, and <laughs> chases and helicopters showing up and rocket launchers, and not so often about you know, um, tragic betrayals uh, of a very deep personal nature or, you know, an exploration of a character's life over over a dozen years where, like, oh, then this happens in their life and it changes the thing, you know, whatever. Um, that stuff doesn't happen that often in games in comparison to, uh, or at least in big-budget AAA games yeah, that, that, yeah. that we talk about the way we talk about Wolfenstein. What we talk about when we talk about Wolfenstein, by the way, <laughs> new is, book. This is my yeah. new book. Uh, <laughs> um, the, but, yeah, like, that's that. maybe that is actually part of the problem there is, like, I don't think that you can spoil the the big some of the big moments in a big action game it, when that action game isn't Wolfenstein, where the big moments are just happening in cutscenes. Do you know what I mean? Like right, right um, an actual moment of gameplay rather than yeah. an interactive cutscene. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, or maybe that's not true because now that I think about it, I think about there are things that happen at the start of Dark Souls Two with enemies showing up um, that are like, "Yo, I can't believe that happened," and then and like I had one of those early moments spoiled for me. Um, Patrick, do you remember the name of that fucking Dark Souls 2 boss? Uh, uh, it had wings. I'm not going to say what happens with it because I don't want to spoil it. But there's a <laughs> Dark Souls, an early Dark Souls 2 boss with wings. Dark Souls 2 boss with wings. Um, uh, I want to say, like, it's it not the like Ruined Sentinels. like a feminine Sentinels. product right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but whatever. Like, there's a Dark Souls 2 boss fairly early on. Um that you could have an encounter with that was like just very surprising. Uh, and it's really cool. And like, so maybe even in a game like Dark Souls, those scripted moments do end up counting like uh, as spoilers, even though it's not like the feel of, of having that fight. Um, anyway, that's, that's where I'm at on Dark Souls spoilers. 
in Dark Souls spoilers in 2017. When when did two come out? What what is the year? That, I guess that's another fun question to, to think yeah, about. Is sure. like how how long and how much and and of course this is never going to be like one answer. But but how long and how much do you actually give weight to? Oh, okay, it's been a year versus it's been right. five years versus well, so oh people uh, have actually rediscovered something and then there was sort of a second wave about something. You know, right. there, there's a whole a bunch re-release, there. a yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like at, w- uh, at what point is there a difference where, like, you can write in the headline the spoiler, or like right. write the tweet that's like just outright right. the spoiler? Uh, yeah, I don't know. There is, I mean, there is no line, right? Like, I mean, that's the the, the, the tough part is the is is there isn't, you know? I mean, right. yeah. I don't know. Uh, I I I guess I just generally avoid that stuff, and you know. I hope because well, it's easy like, to avoid, right? Yeah. It's like easy to just like, hey, I've got thoughts on. I don't know. I, I, I uh, policing what's actually in an article that lets you like know up front like hey you're gonna talk about spoilers like at that point like uh, the you know I, yeah the gloves are off and it, you know you're shredding on your own uh, territory but and yet I saw uh, people do that today Patrick I saw somebody respond to a, a piece about uh, the Last Jedi today where like the second line in it was there are going to be spoilers in this piece oh and, my God. and like five of the responses to that tweet to the tweet that linked out that piece the tweet had no spoilers the headline had no spoilers but the the a lot of the responses were like I can't believe you're spoiling this movie already and it's like. Good Don't Lord. read further than where it says literally in bold warning there are spoilers in this piece. Or close Twitter till you Just see the movie. Like it's really not like it. I, it's not that tough. It really isn't that tough unless Twitter is your job. Then, <laughs> but again, like walk it, away. Yeah. <sighs> but also just like heed the fucking warning. Like heed the warning. It's okay I, to not read this one piece. Like, bro. Is okay. I, though, though, though is this now the other thing, which is like, are we now falling into the trap that that Mello over on the forum said, which uh. is like, we're defending the need to get out there and take takes, make takes very quickly. Um, the thing that I, I, I saw, I believe, if I'm remembering right, was not even a proper take. It was just like, oh, here's a thing, here is a a an element of the story. I want to say it was a Chris Plant piece at Polygon. So, mm. uh, but it was like, here's a thing in Star in the Star Wars, uh, <laughs> and and it, you know. Um, yeah, it was Star Wars The Last Jedi fixes one of the prequel's worst problems. That's what the headline is. And then, seriously, already an article with spoilers. That's not cool. Why don't you wait Good to Lord. publish these kind of articles? It's like, there's not... The second line is that there are going to be... <laughs> there are going to be spoilers. And that's when I can close the thing. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, I don't mean to drag random people on Twitter, but here we are. Well, sometimes, you know, sometimes... Twitter rando's got to be dragged. I do want to. I do want to uh, address one other part that I think is in the spirit of uh, of Tumelo's post here, which is also the sort of just the fact that a lot of hot takes can be pretty shallow, and right. they can be adding to the exhaustion, and they can be adding to a sort of existential crisis. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm uh, also adding editorializing here a little bit, but adding to the existential crisis in which. We all get incredibly upset about, for example, I, I don't know, the, the discourse around the porgs or whatever. I don't even know what it is this time. But, you know, like, let's call it Sorry, Ewok I you, discourse. I thought you said okay? the discourse around the pores, and I thought, like, whoa, we're going to get into this tax plan? No! What's, what's happening? No, no. Porg <laughs> with a G at the end. Those are little animals, right? They're little... little... They're in the trailer. I'm sorry. I guess whatever. You're spoiling Ewoks. the porgs. The Ewok discourse okay the ewok let's call them ewoks whatever sure fine uh like like this is something that really does resonate with me is that feeling of 
in the rush to uh to 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 write your hot take or in in the rush to make sure your opinion is out there that you like I, I don't know lose the spirit of of the actual work or lose so many pieces of it or lose so many parts of it what what Mel Tumelo wrote about especially at the very end here of if you see a lot of people hating on a thing they're more likely to focus on the positive aspects or vice versa I do that too I definitely feel that I definitely feel that sort of tension between like well, okay, that's what this person thought, but they're an idiot. You know that that, <laughs> that you know that that clear like weird uh, that weird feeling of like I mean, no, you that... saw this, but I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, I speaks I, to me, man. <laughs> I, there are moments, there have been times when I've gotten like exhausted by it for sure, yes. but I. I think I may just have a high tolerance for it comparatively, which is <laughs> sure. that like. Like everything else online, it's terrible and it's exhausting and dispiriting. Um, but I live online because I don't know how not to. And so <laughs> Twitter is my terrible home, but it's my home. So uh, I, I think to some degree, like, I, I think that that's a to- totally fine um, point to bring up for, for both you and Mello. But like, it is, it is for some, for whatever reason, I don't know. I'm trying to work out why it is. I need some of your Zen, me. Austin. I need yeah, some I guess of that zen. At, at the end of the day, like I've gotten very, I've gotten very zen over the years. Not zen, but like I've gotten very calm about other people's takes over the years, except for when they're really bad. Except for when someone says that games are better <laughs> without for stories. For, for except for Taylor Smith, and then like every Swift, once in a while, sorry, not Taylor's Smith. who? What did she say? Taylor Smith. Who is Taylor? I'm looking Taylor up Taylor Smith. Smith. Taylor Smith. Uh, Taylor Smith. Oh, you know what, guys? You know what? No, 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 no. Nope. She's right. She's right. Because uh, the old Taylor is dead. The new Taylor's name yep. is actually Taylor Smith. So. That's right. Um, That's right. Like, what? Uh, Taylor Nicole Smith is an American soccer player who plays yeah. as a defender for the North oh. Carolina Courage in the National uh-huh. Women's Soccer League and the United States Women's National Soccer Team. Uh-huh. That's a good soccer name. I didn't know name. you were so into women's soccer. Not I my know. defender. That's what I'm saying. Not Taylor my Smith. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be on my U.S. national team. Oh, boy. I think she not actually Not your courage. Not right my, there. exactly. Hashtag no. not my courage. Uh, not my Taylor. The, the, yeah, I think like part of my chill around this stuff is old age. Uh, no, I'm older than you. Yeah. But it's it's like <laughs> it's emotional old age, like okay. of not emotional old age. It makes me sound like I'm saying that you're a child, which is not Thanks. what the fuck I'm saying. Thanks a lot. Fuck, god damn it. Taylor Smith. Uh, <laughs> I lost all my chill. It's okay. um no, it's like seeing those fights at this point. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to. Okay, here's the thing. I do a lot now. Someone gets in my mentions and is like. I think this just happened today with someone who was like, I think you're being mean to Taylor Swift. That literally happened today. <laughs> uh, and my response was, okay. Like, I'm not, that's not a, a worthy exchange. There's nothing I can do in that exchange to elaborate. I've already elaborated in a couple of other instances of how I feel here, here, and here. I go like, oh, did you read the other things I've said? They go, yeah, I still think you're mean. And I go, okay. Like, oh, I just, uh, you, you faved an exchange I had like yes, that this morning. Yes, totally. Uh, where um, I, I, think I wrote something more or less saying, like, like, I know it's the end of the year, but more people need to play Doki Doki Literature Club because I think it would probably surprise a lot of people. And uh, and anyway, like, some, like one of the first responses was like, overrated! Like, <laughs> in exclamation marks, it was just like, yeah, that game, actually, like, that game sucks. And, like, my response was just, okay. Okay. 
It's okay. Because like, what do you want me to? Right. What do you, like? The, you know, if you wanted to respond and say, "I found this part didn't work for me," is like totally. Oh, man, we can talk about that. that but like, like, yes. Overrated. It's like shut the fuck up, well, man. It's just like, like there's not, there's no there there. There's no, there's no exchange. Like, what I does that about... mean? Overrated? Like, what is that? Like, that's not a <laughs> that that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Not right. overrated to who? I didn't even hear about this game also, if it until is like four days ago. And also, if it is overrated, that doesn't change your experience with it. Do you know what I mean, right. Patrick? Whereas, like, if someone wanted to come to you, the and Metacritic say, analysis does not like does not it does not take away from your own personal experience. Like right. the the right. meta conversation uh, is one thing, or like the whatever the consensus becomes is not. That doesn't mean that you're not allowed to deviate from the consensus, <laughs> right? Just like Which you're is, right about Sonic Forces, right? People who like that game genuinely <laughs> and enjoyed it and like that's right. their Look, experience. I, I, Go with God. Like I, I tried to understand them. I never said that I agreed with their conclusions. Yeah, no, you don't have to agree. Like, <laughs> like that was the real talk. That's that was the like, point of that that whole thing, though. Was like, yeah, they right. they can be wrong in your opinion. That's also cool. <laughs> <laughs> like the misstep there, Patrick. For you, the reason you wrote that piece was that like people criticized that you had the overrated like response to that game publicly at first which was not that it was overrated but you were like mm-hmm. anybody who who see I don't I don't understand how anyone could ever like this thing basically yeah. and then the the correct step to take and like the version of the comment that I love to to hear the the conversation I love to get into is when someone says like oh here is the thing here's the the material specific thing that I feel about this that here's what I'm bringing to this con- to this conversation here is like the analysis that I have here's a, an explanation of my just pure emotional understanding of this thing that you might not have access to and sometimes people do disagree with me and say here is why I feel this way but like though to get to that second step like to for me to want to engage like I it has to feel like an actual good faith exchange and not just there aren't enough hours in the day for me to walk to re-walk through and re-litigate every opinion I have um, and I, I real talk this then connects back to the spoiler conversation for me which is I love it when a piece is willing to dig into spoilers oh, the spoiler the police are coming for me they're coming for me I'm sorry I shouldn't have said pork um the I meant Borg. I meant Borg. Star Trek, not Star Wars. Uh, Are there any Porg Borg bad internet memes yet? Oh, there are now. Because I bet you they exist and they're real corny. Don't do it. Don't do it. You said it. But yeah, so I think that like part of it for me is I know a piece. God. (laughs) This is unbelievable. What is happening? They're coming for you. (laughs) I want. I don't understand. (laughs) I want. I want a car. When when you honk the horn, it's just spoilers for different oh things. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it doesn't say spoiler. It says spoiler. It says like Vader is, and then yeah. like, whatever. I don't know. Who could say? Fake spoiler. Not even real spoilers. Hashtag fake Pork. spoilers. Thank Patrick. Yeah. Can you that see that's you know the, the 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 mean thing that people used to, like to do in the past. Like the, the these days, people go into your mentions yeah, and yeah, say yeah. a spoiler. Back in the day, people had to earn that. Yeah. When Harry Potter books were coming out, uh-huh. and people were standing in line. Say they to would, your face. They, they would say, yeah, they would go. There was a famous, I'm sure it's on YouTube, a video of people uh, spoiling a, a, a part of, uh, I don't even remember what it was. Someone dies in, Someone in Harry dies. Potter. And then they uh, just went up and down the line with a blowhorn and just say who dies. It's so cruel. Extremely funny. Very bad. But there's, there you're putting really... your skin on the line. You're putting yeah. your skin yeah. on the line. Someone's going to get out you of get line the and just drop out of you. you. And you know what? Good. You know, like. Good. You deserve it. 
there is a really at least smack that blowhorn away at least smack that bullhorn away and say no don't do that shit and do it with your (laughs) wand because you're in line at at harry potter (laughs) you've got a wand and you know it you can smack them with that wand yes there is a really interesting case i don't want to get too far off here but it really made me think of this and it's fascinating to me of using like weaponized spoilers as a form of protest. Now, let, let me set this up for you. Let me right, set I need it up to, I'm going to say, we're going to do some work here. Like, walk me through Yeah, it. we're going to do a little bit of work. This is the early 90s. This is, uh, God, the movie with Catherine Trammell. Um, the famous movie where she uncrosses her legs and people thought they saw something. God. Oh, uh, was that? Michael uh, Douglas. Uh, basic Instinct. Basic, basic instinct, instinct. Basic yes. Instinct. This happened at, with queer people in San Francisco. Uh they protested Basic Instinct because there is a... I'm not going to go into the machinations of it. It's basically a, a sexy thriller where a lot of horribly, like, ridiculous stuff happens. There's a lot of things you would put a content warning on now, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, but it is like a very early 90s uh, Paul Verhoeven movie. And <laughs> they were protesting it because uh, there's a lot of things that are that were very, very common in sort of anything with queer characters at the time in mainstream movies. There was a lot of fridging. There was a lot of, you know, killing. There was a lot of the psychotic lesbian. There was all sorts of stuff that, you know, I I don't need to go too far into it. But basically it was very stereotypical and considered, like, pretty offensive uh, by a lot of folks in sort of the the LGBT activist community at the time in the place. So they actually spoiled the movie. They They would make signs that were spoiling the movie and, like, run out into, like, you know, really visible places in the city of San Francisco. And they got actually a lot of news coverage over this and, and sort of got their message out there about like, oh, this is this is shitty. I actually sort of love this movie. I'm not going to lie. It's one of the best guilty pleasures, uh, I think, in all of cinematic history. So I'm not going to take a side here. But I do think that is a very interesting use of this. And it was pre, really pre-internet. So this isn't like just a weird trolley thing that's happened in the last couple of years where I think some of this... Some of what Tumel is talking about, some of what we've been talking about all day, is very internet-enabled in certain ways. But I guess what I mean here is, like, the spirit of this sort of thing has been around for a lot longer than maybe I was really thinking about when I was sort of prepping for this show. I feel like someone once talked to me about um, the notion of spoilers in, like, the age of Shakespeare, and I cannot remember... I cannot remember how it went, but I'm I'm I like I know that there is at least one person listening right now who is a Shakespeare scholar, uh, who is like just vibrating because like, they know that I'm going to get this wrong. <laughs> but that there was less of a notion of of there being spoilers in in those works specifically, or of of knowing the plot being a spoiler uh, for for various reasons that I would just be pulling out of my ass completely <laughs> if I said it. But I'm actually curious about historically. And if you are an expert in this field or in ancient Chinese theater or in any sort of any sort of uh, historical, cultural, uh, uh, you know, or artistic pursuits, like, I am curious throughout history, what was the notion of the spoiler and, and like, how protected were those things? And yeah, are there any other cases of people using that sort of knowledge as a as a uh, a bludgeon a bludgeoning Point of weapon protest yeah 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 <laughs> totally or, or in other or in other ways right like is is knowledge of certain uh certain works can, can it be weaponized could it have been weaponized in in non in, in ways that are like completely different like in ways that like oh yeah i know how this thing goes so i can pretend to be an oracle or i know how or or <sighs> can pretend to be i mean we definitely know that there's there's like a history of knowing basic um uh chemical or or 
um, like not nutritional, but uh, um, I keep wanting to say alchemical, but that's also wrong. Do you mean medical? Um, like medical. basic medical, but there's another word that I'm looking for that I'm not finding uh, for like herbs and 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 uh, like I must say tinctures. Like botany? tinctures like, like botany? General? Yeah, understanding okay. botany in a way. I'm pharmacology. Like, like pharmacology. That is what I was looking for. I was looking for pharmacology yes. in a way that like, oh wow, like I'm gonna be the important person in in this place because I fucking know how these herbs can can work to uh, help someone on the mend or whatever. And I'm curious if there's anything like that with fiction historically also or or history even like. Um, let, let us know. Send us an email. Uh, gaming at vice.com. Yeah, I really want to hear from those folks for sure. You know, an, an interesting sort of like uh, sort of cultural uh, conversation about spoilers that happened in the last couple of years is like over Hamilton. Which yeah. is like yeah. there was uh, – people had very strong feelings over whether you should listen to and get obsessed with the soundtrack before you saw the play and – or if you should like see the play and then get obsessed – with the soundtrack and like i remember asking this before i saw uh hamilton in chicago earlier this year it was like man like the amount of comments that got replied to that were in equal measure to what kind of vacuums do people prefer like (laughs) equal number of just like wow man i post a picture of my kids i just get some likes and no comments like fucking ask about like whether you should listen to the hamilton soundtrack before you see it fucking 72 responses of people (laughs) drawing line i ended up being one of the people that said i'm just uh, I'm going to see the uh, – I was originally going to see the play and then uh, listen to the soundtrack. And then in the what I ended up compromising personally was I'll listen to it the week of because I didn't want to get tired of it. Was I guess I didn't want to exhaust my enjoyment of the music before I saw the actual performance. So I like – but I also wanted to like not have to um, – spend most of the time like trying to understand what they were saying if for some reason i was having trouble keeping up it's like mm-hmm. i didn't want to get i didn't want to lose the plot um because i was focused so much on trying to decipher the performance that's where i ended up falling on that but man people have fucking opinions about uh what to do in that situation i bet i bet thing i just remembered of course is that romeo and juliet spoils romeo and juliet so that maybe that's what i was thinking of oh. like the prologue at the very beginning is like Two, it's like here's the plot. There, there are two households. They're very similar. Star crossed lovers. Too much. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, <laughs> and then they're gonna die, and that's sad, right? Uh, and that's that is literally in that that I almost said movie, uh, in that play. So, so maybe I was just thinking about that. Yeah, there was a that. 1996 great Romeo and Juliet. I love. I like that movie a whole bunch. It's real good. That soundtrack. You, mm, that soundtrack is very good. So good. Uh, those guns said dagger and sword on them. They sure did. Uh, the fashion was incredible. Are you oh, kidding God. me? Yeah. Uh, the Mercutio. Uh, you know what? I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna spoil it. But uh, you know what? I'm gonna uh, hashtag a plague on both on both on both your houses. Hashtag a plague on both your houses. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Excellent. I, I would go to questions, but we're we're hitting an hour here. What do we think? Yeah, I think we should wrap yeah, it I up. Think we're, yeah, I think we're we have good. a lot of right. end of the year work to do still. A lot yeah, of we a do. lot of writing and reading and playing through junk. So yeah, we got a lot of junk to play through. So in in that case, I think we'll we'll end it off with uh, of course the usual shout outs to Bowen letting us use his track "Miss You" off the EP "Pale Machine." And the fact that you can find us, of course, on Twitter, at Waypoint, on Facebook, at Waypoint Vice, on YouTube, where our videos actually go up now, at Waypoint Vice, and everything that we work on at waypoint.vice.com. Austin, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Excellent. Patrick, where can we find you and respond to you with very strong opinions about vacuums and such? On Twitter. Uh, well, I already bought it, but maybe when that vacuum breaks, you can find me at Patrick. 
Is it working out so far? Is the vacuum, the robot vacuum? Oh, my robot have? vacuum? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. I was, the the, the, the uh, EcoVac the D80, I think, is the one All that right. I got. It was, a, it was a very reasonable price compared to other ones. And, uh, man, that robot picks up some dust. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to talk to you off mic because I'm thinking about getting my parents one for Christmas. So I'm going yeah. to I'm gonna need to hear some, some thoughts. Robot talk. All right. Robot vacuum talk. Awesome. You can find me. I said awesome, not Austin. Sorry, my accent. I'd say, yeah. You can find me <laughs> at Danielle R.I. Thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate you giving us your ears for a little bit of your time. And as always, I'd like to say, be good and be good at it. Peace. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.